Hey, I'm Sam. And I'm Lizzie. And we're queer people who love movies. This is Subtextual. Hi, I'm Sam, and my mommy issues didn't make me a surgeon. It made me a podcaster. Hi, and I'm Lizzie. The only thing bigger than my mommy issues are my daddy issues. (laughs) And we're the hosts of Subtextual Podcast, a podcast where we take movies you love, hate, and have never watched, and we point out all the queer subtext you already felt was there. Hell yeah. A shout out to our lovely patrons. If you're supporting us over on patreon.com slash subtextualpod, we really appreciate you. We've got all sorts of tiers with all sorts of cool stuff. If you like the hats, then keep an eye out. There's some other goodies that you might be interested in. And we also have live shows coming up in New Orleans. So if you're in that area, please follow us on Instagram and get updates about that. But Without further ado, let's talk about the movie bitch saving face. Let's save face. How does one save face when it has been lost for so long? Sunscreen? Mm, yeah. (laughs) Hydration. Hydration summer. Yeah. We're talking about this film today uh, because it's freaking gay. Like just straight up gay. Gay across the board. We love it. But there's two kinds of coming out, come to find out. Oh my gosh. This film was like a lovely onion that you just kept mm-hmm. getting to another layer of. But uh, Lizzie, have you seen the film? Do you do you like the film? I've heard of the film. It's been on my watch list for a long time. And I'm kicking myself for not seeing it sooner because I walked away from this film after seeing it for the first time this week feeling so comforted and also mad that there was a whole another queer movie with a happy ending that I didn't have in my back pocket for a sad day. Mm -hmm. I just really loved every moment of this film. I thought it was pretty pitch perfect, honestly. And Lee, have you seen the film? I haven't seen the film. I started watching it today. I don't want to spoil any of the plot, but I got kind of, I guess, to maybe plot point one or something, kind of like just on the precipice of it. And uh, I was really liking it so far. I'm I'm excited to hear what you guys have to say about it and see where the plot goes from there. Uh, but just the vibes, the story, I'm digging it. Nice. Okay, good. So we all have a general appreciation for this film. It was my first time seeing it for this podcast. A lot of you have commented, asking for it. I've seen it everywhere. And it's always been on my list, similar to Lizzie. And as Lizzie was saying, I kicked myself for not seeing it sooner It had so much and it gave me so much more than I even knew I wanted to ask for. Yeah. And it did it really, really well. This film accomplishes so many different things. And um, a little bit about the production. It was written and directed by Alice Wu. And it was based loosely on her coming out and her relationship with her mother. Mm. Alice Wu remembers coming out to her mother and says, she basically said, I don't think you're gay and I never want to see you again. We didn't talk for two years, but I never doubted her love for me. It had everything to do with her willingness to make changes in her own life to be happy. And that is, I don't know, like, to what extent the details of this film line up with the details of what's actually going on in Alice Alice Wu's life, but how everything unfolds and how you see the direct trajectory of the daughter's storyline grow as her mother's storyline grows as well is so satisfying because what they're going through feels so different on paper but when you look at the emotions behind it and all the blocks that they have up separately within themselves like they're both learning to let go and accept 
and not care what society thinks at the same time about two different things. And I just think that, you know, you always hear people say like, oh, it doesn't feel like a gay love story. It's just a love story. Um, But because like we're seeing like the love between a mother and daughter, love for self of the daughter and the mom, like getting to know themselves separately, as well as like both of them engaging in romantic relationships. Like we're getting all the flavors of love Mm -hmm. in every which sense. And you get them all fulfilled at the end. So I can definitely feel the trueness behind this tale. Like, it all felt very honest. Yeah, without feeling too contrived, they captured very beautifully two individuals, mother and daughter, who feel at complete distance from each other, Mm -hmm. having such a parallel, although different, experience with their own lives and coming to terms with who they want to be and what their lives will look like. And... You see how alienated they feel from each other, but understanding both of their perspectives, you realize how similar they are. Yeah. And I think it's very beautiful. It really reminds me of everything, everywhere, all at once Mm -hmm. for a multitude of reasons. You know, the mother who is concerned with saving face and culture and what it is that you should and shouldn't be doing at all times. The daughter who is queer, who just wants to be happy and who wants their mother to have an optimism and a joie de vivre. And also the like triple generational dynamic of the father who's like putting all of these expectations on the mother who we see that trickle down to the her child. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, and there's another child coming into the world, a fourth generation of sorts. And you can just feel how each person tightens the hold on themselves based on what society wants them to do, how that trickles down to the person that they gave birth to. Uh, It's just, it's really intricate, but they address everything by the end. It all feels very relieved and wrapped up, which is really hard to do in like an hour and a half. Yeah. Because with everything everywhere all at once, we had like three hours to do it. Mm -hmm. Uh, But so much ground is covered with these two characters in this film. Yeah, generational trauma on top of like a coming out story, as you're saying, in an hour and 30 minutes is fucking insane. It's accomplished incredibly well. The director, Alice Wu, who before directing this film was a program manager at Microsoft, she quit her job to pursue film and entered the script to a contest sponsored by the Coalition of Asian Pacifics and Entertainment and won. And it was there that she met Teddy Z, the president of Will Smith's production company, Overbook Entertainment. So Will Smith is technically an executive producer on this film. Okay, I saw Will Smith's name in the credits, and I was like, maybe it's just another Will Smith. It's a very common person last name. It's fucking Will Smith. The Will Smith. That is just insane to me. And I was watching interviews with the actresses, and Lin Chen mentioned that filming this was one of the last features that they filmed on film. Like as a standard. And it's interesting to think about that because they shared some of the shooting with Will Smith's other film, Hitch, which was being filmed at the exact same time. So Hitch is digital and this is film and the difference that makes. Oh, the the way that this film felt from the opening shot of us kind of like sweeping over whatever bridge that is going into New York City. Like mm-hmm. you could feel the just the fuzz and the warmth. And I think really worked for this film in particular because most of this film takes place like in homes mm-hmm. and all these different people's homes. So it feels really close and cozy even whenever things are sad and alienating. Whereas I think about Hitch, which I doubt aged as well as this film, <laughs> and it does feel a little more like plastic and shiny and bright and overexposed in a way that like a comedies do 
So that's really interesting because this feels like so much older than it is in comparison to Hitch. It's funny that you mentioned that sweeping shot over New York because that is the shot that they shared with Hitch. What? Yeah. Saving Face didn't have it in their budget to justify like a helicopter overhead shot over New York, but because it was the same production company as Will Smith's and Hitch was already being shot, they shared a helicopter that day to get the same (laughs) sweeping overhead shots and Saving Face was on film and Hitch was on digital. So it's literally that same shot. That's crazy. (laughs) God, now I want to go watch Hitch and compare the screenplay style and format because I think I really think they should bring Saving Face into screenwriting classrooms because it follows the format of like a proper screenplay to the T and like the dialogue, like you couldn't cut a single word out of this movie. Every word is used to its benefit Mm -hmm. and really just structurally traditional without being repetitive or predictable. Because I was, by the end of it, I was like, (gasps) I was gagged. I was gagging throughout this whole film. And you feel safe in the structure of the film, as Lizzie's saying, but it doesn't feel like watered down or redundant or derivative. And Alice Wu did an incredible job, her first script. And she said that she faced many challenges in maintaining the vision of her film. Uh, She was asked to make the characters white so that they could cast Reese Witherspoon as Will and Ellen Bernstein as her mother. And then the studio tried to compromise and just make one of the lesbians white so that they can cast Scarlett Johansson. Oh, my God. But despite further proposals for script changes, we maintain that the Mandarin language, lesbian romance, and her involvement as both writer and director were non-negotiable. Fuck Yes. God, to stand by all those, that's like a triple threat, like to stand by all of those, which even one of them would be considered a hurdle at making a film in fucking 2005. And without all of that tying this film together, like I feel like this film is such a unique perspective because it happens in such a small community. Not that that alienates a viewer like me who didn't grow up in a Chinese family. Like, we always talk about this, like, the more specific you can get about an experience, somehow the more relatable it is. Mm -hmm. And I think if this film had just, like, whitewashed some of the characters, it would have lost some of what makes it so unique and poignant. Like, absolutely. So that's really badass of her to stand by that. What would the film have been about if they weren't Chinese? Right. A lot of of what the plot revolves around is them overcoming these cultural barriers. So if they were just white lesbians in Manhattan, I I would argue that this isn't even like, there's a romance central to the story, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't feel like a romance movie. Um, So without that element, I think it would just feel so fucking sterile. I don't know. It just just has such a good lens. Like the lens is so pure. Like it, it feels untainted by like the Hollywood studio vibe that we're so used to seeing on films of this time when it comes to uh, like queer experiences in particular. Mm -hmm. I wonder if at one point they were like, oh, one of the lesbians should die. Because (laughs) looking back now, I realized I think I avoided this film for so long because I just assumed it was going to be sad. I was like, Mm -hmm. oh, two queer women of color fall in love. This is going to be sad as fuck. Yeah. Because that's just how these movies historically end. Yeah, I think that as you were saying, to stand by all of these, what can be considered hurdles in independent filmmaking, like Mandarin language, lesbian romance, a first-time director, writer at the helm, 
to stand by any of those is a huge risk of your film not ever being made in the first place, especially going to Will Smith's production company and being like, no, I'm an Asian gay woman and I'm directing this. Yeah. And if you say no, I don't give a fuck. It shouldn't be made. Yeah. It's just such a powerful statement. Mm -hmm. So let's get into the movie. Will has a surprise for her mother. You talk to your mother about us? Does she know we have sex? No, Will. She thinks we conjugate Latin verbs. Her mother is not listening. Seriously, well, why don't you just tell her? She knows. She kept setting you up with guys. Oh, I'm sorry. Because she has a surprise. Huh? What are you doing here? Mother. Of her own. Baby. Yeah, I'm obsessed with this movie, dude. So good. Literally, can't, I remember watching it. I couldn't blink. I couldn't move. Like, I think my mouth was open the whole time. Like, these actresses are so good particularly the mom Jen Chen so engaging like you literally can't look away from her she just has this quality like an innocence and like a like a shyness I don't know so good so good the casting in this film is incredible I called Lizzie on the phone for some reason when I was trying to watch this movie and I called her and she just sounded like she was smiling and I was like weird question but are you watching Saving Face <laughs> and you were like yeah it's I'm having a great time. <laughs> <laughs> no, literally. Oh, my God. Oh, you know what's really great, too? Something I really loved about this movie. But throughout the film, her mom is watching soap opera, which is the TV version of fan fiction, in my opinion. Thank you. Yes. And I just love the commentary on escapism and romanticism that bringing in soap opera puts you in with this character because, like, she's denying herself this romance for so many reasons, but obviously still wants the romance because she, like, lives in that world where the impossible can happen and maybe it'll work out between us and something crazy will happen. But then the film starts getting more and more soap operatic as it goes on, which is just so cute and good to, like, infuse the theme of soap operas in that way. Uh, yeah, I think um, a lot of this film is the main character, Will, trying to arouse some optimism from her mother who is, has so much life left to live out of a, a necessity to, to keep her hope alive as well. Mm -hmm. And this idea of watching and caring so feverishly about soap operas implies that this person still has an enjoyment of life mm -hmm. and wants romance and can, as Lizzie was saying, can think of all these amazing things happening, maybe. Mm -hmm. um, so it's kind of like a, a nice lifeline. But yeah, let's get into the movie. We meet Will, who's played by Michelle Krusik, a very accomplished surgeon in Manhattan. And she's on her way to Flushing for her grandparents' anniversary party at a venue that they call Planet China, affectionately. Oh Obsessed. Because it's just, um, it's like a event space where mostly Chinese people get together and have little parties. And um, as she arrives, we meet her mother, who's played by Joan Chen. Joan Chen. Joan fucking Chen. Okay. Can I just like do a mini deep dive into Joan Chen? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So you might recognize her. Um, she was in The Last Emperor, 1987. She was in Judge Dredd and as well as Twin Peaks. Yes, that's it. Mm -hmm. That's it. Mm -hmm. Hell yeah, love that character. 
Her life is so interesting. I spent weirdly most of my research over this movie just like learning about Joan Chen. But she was born in Shanghai and was raised during the Cultural Revolution. And at the age of 14, she was discovered on the school rifle range by Jiang Xin, the wife of leader Mao Zedong and major Chinese Communist Party figure for excelling at marksmanship. What? And this led to her being selected for the actor's training program by the Shanghai Film Studio in 1975. She rose to superstardom in all of like a few years, and she was dubbed the Elizabeth Taylor of China by Time Magazine for having achieved mega stardom while a teenager. Oh my God, more like the Katniss Everdeen of China because they're like, damn, she shoots so good. Let's make her a celebrity. Yeah, that's so funny that it's like, she's so great at shooting things. Let's put her in a movie. <laughs> I mean, it worked out. She's an incredible talent. And I found myself on the rewatches actually skipping all the lesbian stuff and just watching her character's journey. Her character's journey is so compelling and just as relatable as these two lesbian women. And actually, it kind of is like the gasoline that gets Wilhelmina to make any change in the first place, like seeing her mom and trying to push her mom to do what she believes her mom needs to be happy is inevitably what forces her to start making changes like that for herself. Yeah, it is through Will's exertion of of kind of forcing optimism onto her mother that she realizes that she too has a chance of a second life. And it's so beautiful and it's done well over time throughout this film. It does not feel forced. But right now, Will is at Planet China for her grandparents' anniversary party and her mother is is ready for her to settle down with a nice man. And Will enters the party like super butch with like the button down <laughs> shirt. And her mom says, I see men's clothes are still in style. I'm like, yeah, mom, it's the 2000s. <laughs> They're not going anywhere. And it's nice because we get like Will's grandmother who also remarks on her clothes, but in like a positive way. She goes, I had a pair like that during the revolution. Sturdy and practical, just the thing for war. <laughs> so sweet. I love that her grandmother, she never gets the chance to come out to her grandmother, but I get the sense that she would have been accepted by her. I get the feeling that her grandma already knows. Oh, she might. Yeah. Her grandmother is really sweet. Mm. So Will begins dancing with her beard, Norman. Yes, Norman. We love Norman. Get you a Norman. It seems like this culture can be almost suffocating to Will because she like has a lot of reticence to like come back and, and perform mm -hmm. inside of it. But because she has like another gay person who understands explicitly what she's going through, I think that kind of gives her a lifeline, which is nice. So we love Norman. And Will's grandfather begins a lengthy speech and a bit of a somber toast. And as he's speaking, you like hear all the air being sucked out of the room. And Will turns around and sees Vivian, who's played by Lin Chen, who's like up on the balcony. And she's just kind of like a shadowy, beautiful figure. You see like the little heart stopper leaves rolling across the frame. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> so they see each other, but they don't interact. And... On the way home to Manhattan, Will runs into little Yu, the son of old Yu, who works kind of as like a spiritual guide. Herbalist. Like an herbalist, but also he like, he can sort of see things. So his son, little Yu, uh, gives Will some herbs for marriage <laughs> at the request of her mother. Uh, so while at work being a surgeon, Will is trying to change, excuse me, Will is trying to find change for the vending machine. And that's when she runs into Vivian. And... They have this meet cute that's like a little 
it's not like automatically bubbly or full of chemistry because Will's character is so restrained. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you see Vivian kind of reach out and like open the door. and But she doesn't exactly force Will through it right away, but she's just kind of like, hey, I'm here. I'm flirty. I'll see you later. And, and Will's like, oh, uh, okay. Uh, uh, okay. Bye, pretty person. <laughs> Poor Will. She's not used to people like flirting with her. Least of all women. Beautiful women as Gorgeous well. Gorgeous dancing women. And I think that while we learn later in the film that Will is not exactly ready for like a complete out lesbian relationship, I think that her as a person kind of needs somebody to kind of pull her out of the shadows just a little bit. Yeah, definitely. I mean, look at her mom. Her mom is also putting herself into a little snail shell and like closing herself off and not letting people get close too. So it's like, yeah, you learn it from your parents. Learn behavior, baby. As Will gets home that night from the hospital, she finds her mother waiting for her on the stoop. And it looks like her mother has been crying. And inside, Will calls her grandmother, who tells Will that her mother is pregnant at the age of 48. <sighs> the gaggery and the goopery, because I didn't watch a trailer before I watched this film. Yeah. I just thought it was going to be lesbians. And then this shit hit me. Oh, my God. Dude, same. My mouth hit the floor. I was like, she's pregnant. <laughs> and you know what's crazy? She's a grown-ass fucking woman with a grown-ass daughter who's a doctor, and her dad still treats her like a teenager because oh. she's not married. Yeah. No, right after the scene, they go to her grandparents' house in Flushing, and Will's mom is like actively being kicked out of the family home because oh. she's pregnant out of wedlock. And she's considered a disgrace. And I think this scene is very important plot-wise, obviously, because we are going to understand that Will's mother has to stay with her and that makes things a little more complicated. But because Will is there witnessing her mother being disowned, and while she doesn't share that experience of being pregnant out of wedlock, she knows, like, if I were to tell my mother I'm gay— this exact same thing would happen to me. Oh, my God. Yeah, you're so right. So it just clams her up even more. And could you imagine having to, because her mom moves in with her, like having to perform that straightness at your own house, like sharing a bed with your mother who will barely talk to you about her own feelings, much less mm-hmm. your romantic feelings for other people. Yeah. Oh, my God. The The rope just keeps getting tighter and tighter. Yeah, not having a single safe space even though you're one of the most accomplished professional surgeons in the tri-state area, it really affects Will understandably. Um, Right now, she's just kind of not believing that this is actually happening. Mm. Um, And Will's mom, she also won't speak about the pregnancy and she won't tell anyone who the father is. So no one really even knows what to make of the situation. So Will goes back to work and she finds a note left for her by Vivian on the vending machine, inviting Will to her next dance performance. And you're like, she's a fucking dancer. And yet we don't get to see Vivian dance even a little bit. No, not even in an outfit. I'm like, was it too expensive? Yes. Is this actress like, did she put her foot down and was like, I'm a bad dancer. Please don't make me dance. It could probably be a lot of things. They probably saved a lot of time, money, and like music rights by not having her dance. Well, it's like, don't show the monster in the horror movie. Like, just let us pretend that she's doing modern dance. Like, what does that even mean anyway? We'll fill in the blanks. Don't point to Chekhov's gun. You're not going (laughs) to make it do a little jig. Exactly. (laughs) 
so cute. Will has a little date with Vivian that's coming up. And Will goes back home after she finds this cute little note. And her mother is preparing dinner. And Will tells her that Jay, their neighbor, will be joining them. And this is an issue because Jay is black. And Will's mother initially, like, wants him to eat off paper plates. So fucking. But this relationship is also one of my favorite pairings in the whole film. I think it's really important that they left this in because it really does serve for us as an audience member to see Will's mother changing in front of our eyes to something that Will maybe does not see. No, you're right. It's like the litmus test for all the changes that her mom is willing and able and actively making. Mm-hmm. And Jay, who's got to know, at least in the beginning, that his that uh, Will's mom is, like, standoffish to him, doesn't really care and is, like, very friendly to her and still mm-hmm. comes around and still treats her well. And eventually they strike up a friendship outside of Will. And, and that character is also just really funny, and it's nice to see Will have a support system outside of her Chinese friends and family, too. And I think the relationship serves, like, a very show don't tell Mm -hmm. because you don't see her mother remarking on Jay anytime that they're not around each other but Mm -hmm. you slowly notice oh she's watching soap operas with Mm -hmm. Jay oh she's like hanging out with Jay oh they're having dinner together exactly yeah and I just think it's it's really lovely and also to add that into a story that's already like jam-packed and handling it very well and nuanced is just a testament to the writing here. So incredibly well done. For sure. So after Vivian's dance performance they go Will and Vivian go to a men's clothing store, and as they're looking through pants for some reason, Vivian tells Will that Vivian's father is Will's boss and the head of surgery at Will's hospital. She's like, one billion Chinese and two degrees of separation. Yeah. It really is kind of crazy how everyone in this city knows each other. Yeah. Um, But she also tells Will that her father approves of her career as a ballerina but doesn't seem to value her performing modern dance. And then back at Vivian's apartment, we learn that Vivian works with kids and is currently teaching them how to fall without hurting themselves. Oh, yeah. And Viv tries to instruct Will how to fall. And as she's doing so, Vivian leans in to kiss Will, but Will falls at the last second. And then they both collapse and they share their first kiss on the floor. Oh, my God. What a metaphor. Like, learn how to let go, Will. Learn how to fall. I feel like Vivian's just always trying to get Will to, like, loosen up and feel better and be open and love yourself. Love me, you know, and this is, like, the perfect way to – again, the show don't tell. Mm -hmm. Like, this screenwriter, like, first screenplay, I could never write something like this. As you were saying, every single word is so worthwhile and could not be removed. Everything is very intentional. So we see that their love and their the romance and their relationship is building and they have like chase time eating hot dogs together mm-hmm. like sporadically throughout the rest of the film. But we understand because of Will's mother's presence in Will's apartment that their love and their time together is super limited and mm-hmm. can only exist in like a really private space, which is very sad. And then on Vivian's birthday, Will meets her in the park and Vivian asks for a birthday kiss, but Will is not ready. You can't force somebody out of the closet. That's true. No matter how much you guys love each other. That's true. But I do appreciate that Vivian is at least like laying the question out there. Also, the Vivian knows her, like where she's at in relationship and what she's looking for because she's like, I'm not ready to be shoved back in the closet again to meet your comfort levels. So like we're just not in the same place. So that is ultimately what tears them apart. But she doesn't manipulate 
Like no one's manipulating or making anyone feel bad for where they are or aren't ready to engage. But yeah, it definitely is sad that Will is just like not even in a broader sense, like in the scope of society, like uncomfortable with herself, but like on a private level too. She's like very uncomfortable with her own sexuality. And we see that change and loosen throughout the film too. I think you're right. Vivian isn't demanding that Will show up in any specific way, but she is asking Mm -hmm. because it is something that she wants. I think that Vivian having a very similar experience to Will culturally could probably understand where she is and see that she's not ready. Mm -hmm. But I mean, Will is a consenting adult who's entering into this relationship. So I think Vivian can tell her, hey, this is what I want. And she's doing so. And it's up to Will to either, you know, give her that or not. Uh, So because it's Vivian's birthday, uh, she's expecting Will at her birthday dinner so Will can meet her friends. But at work, like surgeries are going crazy and Will's not able to get there in time. So when she does get to Vivian's apartment, it's too late and Vivian's friends are gone. Vivian just looks so fucking sad. I know. Well, this was like, I kind of wish it had been more of a choice and maybe it is. We don't really know, like, is Will able to get away from work? It really doesn't seem like it. But I think it would have been pretty strong if she had kind of like edged away from getting off of work and chosen to not try as hard to do so. Because this just reads as like, yeah, dating a doctor is hard. You're like, they work 12-hour shifts and you're never going to see them. Yeah, a lot of it seems out of Will's hands. But right at the end, as as she's going home, Vivian's father, who's the head of surgery, is like, hey, Will, do you have time Mm. to take this? And she says like, yeah, fine. Yeah. So she doesn't necessarily do everything in her control to get there sooner, but I mean, I don't understand the expectations that are laid on surgeons. I don't know if you can say like no to the head of surgery. And one thing that's that's like kind of minor in this scene is when Vivian opens the door to see Will, who showed up so late, behind her is two identical bouquets. Mm. One sent to her by Will, who was like in a rush working, who just sent her the most expensive bouquet is what she requested. And the other identical bouquet was sent by Vivian's father. Yeah, that's good too. I guess she just wants someone to show up for her and she doesn't have that. She just has like, she's like, the symbols aren't good enough for me. It's like, you're either here physically with me because that's what I need or or this isn't going to work. Some uh, relationship dynamic that it seems like she's very used to. And so the air is kind of coming out of this a little quicker than I think it normally would. And to make it up to Vivian, Will offers to stay the night, the whole night, baby. And they have gay sex. Gay sex is happening, you guys. Gay sex. Gay Gay sex. sex. Gay sex. Incredible job. Yeah. Lovely scene. Beautiful scene. And like giggly and not unrealistic. The lighting isn't ass. Like it's not that hard. It really isn't. And these two actresses uh, watched through this film again recently, like a couple years ago. And Lin Chen, who plays Vivian, I think remarked that this is one of the first scenes that they ever did together for the film. What? Their chemistry is undeniable. Can you imagine that? Like first couple days in, you're like, we're fucking. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's (laughs) like, Hi, my name is Lin. Uh, Anyway, let's vote. It's nice to meet you. Take your shirt off. And while they're having sex, Vivian gets a voicemail from her mother, and we hear that her mother knows that Vivian's a lesbian and knows that she's dating Will and is, like, optimistic and very sweet and encouraging of the relationship. Mm. And although we're happy that Vivian has, like, a nice family that is understanding of her queerness, it almost feels like a stab to Will, who 
can't even imagine a life that easy. I totally felt that. Like a little bit of jealousy and like self-consciousness even mm-hmm. that like, oh, well, well, my mom's living with me and that's a total wreck. Your mom knows about my love life, but my own mother who I l- share a bed with doesn't know who I am as an individual. And like knows but chooses to ignore that part of me completely. Yeah, I totally got that read as well in that scene. So after this, after Will gets to have a full night having gay sex, she is hell-bent on marrying off her mother to kind of get her out of the apartment. And as Will is getting her mother ready for her first date in years, and her mother's really nervous, while Will is getting her ready, we see a very good example of their dynamic. So I'm going to show you that scene. Is that the dress you're going to wear? Some la. Maybe you should wear something brighter. Uh, how about this one? Lizzie, would you please describe the scene I just showed you? So in this scene, they're in the bathroom and they have all of her mom's dresses hung up on the shower rack and they're trying to find the perfect dress. But the yellow one's too yellow and the one she wants to wear is black is too drab and the red one's too sexy. And we're seeing, like, I guess the cold feet of the mother as she's going on this date. I mean, and she's obviously clearly freaked out by the fact that it's a blind date. She has no idea if this guy's healthy, white, Chinese. (laughs) Like, she's very concerned about that. And we see her daughter, Will, trying her best just to convince her mom, like, no, it's going to be fun. Like, Mm -hmm. I think it's such a good portrayal of their dynamic because we see that the stakes are raised a little bit higher because, you know, the man's going to show up in like five minutes. Yeah. Also, it's it's incredibly interesting to see how Will's character switches in and out of Mandarin. Mm -hmm. And that was a very concerted and specific decision by Alice Wu, the director, who said that she had Will switching languages and their whole mother-daughter dynamic being bilingual. Mm -hmm. And she made a a choice that whenever Will really wants her mother to hear her, she speaks in Mandarin. Yeah. And sometimes when they're having like whatever conversations about what's in her fridge, Will's mother will speak to Will in Mandarin and Will will respond in English. And this is also something that we saw in Everything Everywhere All at Once, where Michelle Yeoh's character of Evelyn switches in different languages with Mm -hmm. who she's with and especially with her daughter and her daughter speaks broken Mandarin back to her grandfather and then English to her mother. It really shows how intentional these characters are with each other. I think it's very beautifully done. And in this scene, like we've mentioned before, Will is very intentionally trying to show her mother that there is something more to life Yeah. That just because you're 48 and you haven't gone on a date in a decade doesn't mean that there's no one out there for you. And as she's saying this, you're hearing her make herself believe it. And Will tells her mother, like, you're beautiful. She's so beautiful. But she's so right. Like, just because you're 48, like, that's the narrative I think her mom hides behind to keep herself doing the easy thing that's not like the hard thing that her heart wants to do is like oh I'm too old for love and like I'm too old to be sexy and dress sexy like I'm I'm too old to be pregnant and whatever 
And all of this is just like, you know, the lies of society that you and also the lies her friends and family are probably telling her like that you are too old to deserve romance. Mm -hmm. And I always think it's beautiful. I love watching a love story about like, you know, people later in life finding love again, because like how much more do you know yourself at 48 than you did at 20 when you had your daughter, mm-hmm. you know, and ultimately the dress she picks out is so cunt. Oh, she looks great. We get a dating montage where we yes. effectively see her mother in every single dress that's like in the scene before. And although the dating isn't going well, uh, Will's mother, I think, is getting more confident about the idea of going back into the dating world. And as this is happening, Will's grandfather tells Will that he's found a husband for her, uh, Mr. Cho, who is an old bachelor who's been in love with Will's mother for years. He's not exactly the most desirable suitor. Yeah. But he does really care for Will's mother. So after this, Vivian convinces Will to let Vivian meet Will's mother under the guise of friendship. We've all been there. They were roommates. They were roommates. Uh, So at dinner... Will's mother asks Vivian if she has a boyfriend, and Vivian says no. And although Vivian is trying to seem friendly, and Will is saying not a single word. (laughs) Oh, my God. And everyone's trying to be super, super polite. You can see Will's mom putting it together. Yeah. Like, oh, this is that thing again that my daughter does. Mm -hmm. She brings girls around and doesn't like any of the men that I set her up with. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's just backfiring just hard. It's backfiring. And like we learn shortly after this from a conversation that Will has with her neighbor, Jay, that Will's mom had walked in on her with a woman previously and that they just never spoke about it. And then her mom started setting her up with men. Ugh. I mean, yeah. Been there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. We've all been there. But it's like Will also hasn't been brave enough to bring it up. Yeah. You know, her mom has avoided it for her own reasons, but so has Will. And it's so interesting to see this kind of coming out story where it's like a staggered coming out story because Will's out to her friends, Mm -hmm. even to some of her Chinese friends, you know, and she's out at work and all this stuff. But specifically with her family, she has to put on that mask again. And now she has someone encroaching upon that world, Vivian, who's out and, you know, is accepted at least partially. Uh, she's accepted by her own by Vivian's mother, and I guess we're seeing that safe zone of wills that she's created threatened by the possibility that there could be something better out there. Just like her mom is seeing, and how you're saying she's trying to infuse her mom with the positivity of a future for herself. Like that is also happening to her, and it's definitely scaring the shit out of her. Yeah, and that's why I think that the that scene where we see Will's mother being disowned by Will's grandfather mm-hmm. is so important because it really instills with us as an audience member that both of these characters, which we have grown so fond of, are stuck in what is a prison of like cultural obedience. Yeah. But neither of them exactly subscribe to that ideology. They love each other, and that's why they're going through these motions of doing what a good daughter should do, doing what a good mother should do. But they don't believe in it intrinsically themselves. Yeah. And 
We're seeing that foundation start to break, and Will's mother goes on a date with Mr. Cho, and although there are no sparks, Mr. Cho seems like a really nice guy, and he tells Will's mother that her child will be his child, Mm. and that he would make sure she has anything she's ever wanted for the rest of her life. And he brings her home, and they kind of like have a weird... Like, it looks like he's trying to give her a kiss goodnight, and she's, like, trying to not accept it. And then Jay, the neighbor, comes out and kind of breaks it up. And Will's mom looks so genuinely happy to see him. No, truly. It's, like, the first time we see her be like, oh, thank God, he's here. I think it's the first time you see her smile, actually genuinely smile the whole film, is when she sees Jay at this point, which is... Like Lizzie and I were saying before, it's such a visual marker about how far this character has come. And it would be a lot easier to paint this mother as favorable to the audience if she wasn't racist. Yeah, right. It's complicated. Mm -hmm. But it is complicated. So I really do appreciate that. So all this stuff is happening with Will's mom. And then the next day we see Will and Vivian. And Vivian tells Will that she was offered a role in the Paris Opera Ballet and that she has a week to accept And although Vivian doesn't ask Will if she wants her to stay, she does hope that Will will say, like, please stay. Like, that's generally the vibe that you get from Vivian. But Will doesn't. It's, like, really sad because Will just kind of assumes, doesn't even consider that Vivian would want to stay. She's Mm -hmm. like, oh, wow, that's such a great opportunity for you. That's so great. Basically just being like, oh, bye. You know, like, never even sort of considers to herself, like, do I want her to stay? Am I willing to tell her that I want her to stay? Or maybe there's even a little bit of relief, like, oh, good. If she's gone, I'll be sad, but it's better than considering the alternative of what I could have. I won't have to risk anything because anything is too real. As you're saying, she immediately assumes, okay, you're obviously going to take that because why would you stay for me? Yeah, it's so, so sad. So sad. And, And after this exchange, their relationship kind of falls to the wayside and Will stops like returning her calls and starts missing dates and they eventually meet up and in not so many words they break up Mm -hmm. it's not even like we shouldn't do this anymore Will is just like I'm sorry like I can't be that person it just doesn't seem like she's ready and I think Vivian already knew that yeah so Will returns home after this and comes out to her mother. <laughs> oh, this seems really hard. So Will says her mom's on the sofa watching like soap operas and Will comes in and sits down next to her and Will says, I love you and I'm gay. And her mom responds, how can you say those two things at once? How can you say you love me and then throw that at my face? I am not a bad mother and my daughter is not gay. <laughs> and Will responds, maybe I shouldn't be your daughter. Crying. The mommy issues. <laughs> Crying, my dude. Oh, God. And it's like fully four sentences, this whole scene. Mm-hmm. The fact that, and we know that this idea that like, oh, I have a gay daughter that makes me a bad mother is coming from the voice of her father and this culture, the cultural elders possibly in her ear saying like, oh, you couldn't control your daughter? Mm-hmm. Well, you're a bad mother. Mm-hmm. Which is incidentally something that her father says in the scene where he's kicking her out when she finds out she's pregnant is like, you're humiliating me. Everyone's going to think that I don't know how to control my own daughter. Mm-hmm. 
like you're saying, like it'd be super easy to just villainize his mother as a homophobe and a racist and closed off, but it's so much more complicated than that because we see where those thoughts are coming from, like where they're being fed into her mind. But that doesn't, you know, stop us from like true heartbreak for Will because she did do the thing. Like she tried to get out of the safe zone and the worst possible thing happened. Yeah, they are quite literally set up for failure regardless of what they do. As Lizzie was saying, you see those dominoes being pushed over initially by Will's grandfather to her mother. And her mother is just, as she's saying, trying to be a good mom. All she knows is what she's learned. She's really trying and it's not enough. And and they're prisoners to it. Mm-hmm. So so this moment passes and there really isn't a conversation between the two of them after this. And we see Will's mom preparing to marry Mr. Cho. On the day of the wedding, Will finds a letter in the herbs that she's sent home with every week from from old you that are given to her from little you. And inside is a declaration of love, uh, which remarks on their age difference. Mm. So Will is like, what the fuck? I found my mom's fucking baby daddy. I can't let her marry Mr. Cho. She runs. She interrupts this wedding and tells her mother that she's found this letter. And Will says that her mother is not in love with Mr. Cho, but with old you. And old you's like, no, ma'am, not me. Old you stands up like, what? No. And then little you stands up and says the letter was from him. Ah! I literally on my couch screaming. Gagged, goofed. I literally, the audio, okay, can I get the audio of this? This is exactly what I did. <gasps> like the mouth slap. Of, could you, could you oh hear my that? God. I was on my couch with my cats, and, and they got scared with how hard I slapped my face. I was so fucking wow. No, the soap opera ability, mm-hmm. 100%. And little you is so hot. I He's very hot. ship it so hard. No, love the scene. Oh, so, so good. Also, this is like the only time Will has ever spoken at like full volume this entire movie. Will has found her voice and it is to stir up drama. (laughs) I absolutely couldn't be happier for her. So Will's grandfather urges her mother to continue with the wedding, but her mother refuses and they run out in like a fit of joy. Like they're holding hands laughing. Yes. Like she's so happy. And so they get onto like a public transit bus and on the bus, Will's mother tells her that Vivian seems nice. We're opening our hearts, you guys. And Will says, well, she's leaving tonight for Paris. And Will's mom goes, stop the bus. We got to get to the airport. And they get a taxi and go to the airport. I'm going to cry. <laughs> oh, my God. No, I'm not going to cry. Well, like her daughter standing up for her love that wouldn't be accepted leads her to stand up for her daughter's love to being something. They're breaking generational trauma we gotta get to the airport we have to run through the airport or it's not even a movie from the 2000s at all it did happen after 9-11 so she doesn't get to go to the gate with her which um (laughs) bummer but i'll show you that scene now it's not the time it will it's how you feel you're too scared to look the world in the eye and let it watch you fall in love you're off and you're running without a fight i'm not the one running off to paris don't flatter yourself it's for the ballet I thought you wanted to do modern. What do you fucking care what kind of dancing I do? Punish me by leaving. Fine. Don't punish yourself by treating your dreams like they're shit. Kiss me. 
right here in front of all these people. Vivian's in her gold boss era. <laughs> it's too far. Uh, Lizzie, can you describe that scene? So it's your classic Wilhelmina running after Vivian, looking so slay in that little trench through the airport. And she has, oh, she goes out on a limb. She tries to call Vivian out on being fearful and stomping on her own dreams by going to Paris and copping out of her dreams of being a modern dancer. And Vivian's like, oh, yeah? Oh, yeah? You think you're so brave? You're telling me to be brave? Kiss me here, right now, in this airport, surrounded not by our Chinese family and friends, but just strangers in the world. Random strangers. And Will's not able to do it. She's just not ready. And so Vivian gets on that plane, doesn't look back. You can't make someone be ready. And as you're saying, Vivian is not pushing her, but she's saying, like, I need this. Can you get to it or not? And Will can't. And after this, Will walks out of the airport crying into her mother's arms, and her mother consoles her, and her mom's in a wedding dress. <laughs> oh, pregnant. Pregnant. Three, how many little? Pregnant. Three syllables. Pregnanta. She's Four. so pregnant. <laughs> and no, it's so sweet because she hasn't moment. had anyone to cry to about this. Nope. Like, at all. We don't see Will, to this moment, like, express anything but, like, shyness and complacency, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh. <laughs> uh, sorry, this movie really, like, gets me in my cries. Yeah. So sometime after this, we see time, some time pass, and Will joins her mother at Planet China. Like I said, that's what they affectionately call this, like, <laughs> event space. Honestly, it's, like, poppin'. It always looks lit as fuck. Dance if you floor were to ask me. is popping. So Will comes to this party under the behest of her mother, and there she sees Vivian, who's back from Paris. And Will approaches Vivian and asks for a dance. No, she girl, she she stomps over in her combat boots, <laughs> sturdy and practical <laughs> for war. <laughs> and Vivian says, "We can't dance. There's no music." And then the music starts, and they begin dancing, and we see some of the guests leave out of judgment and disgust or whatever. Uh, But they keep dancing. And Vivian says, like, oh, I guess they're leaving. And they both look at each other and just go, fuck Fuck (laughs) them. Fuck them. And they kiss. Fuck them. This movie is so good. But as Vivian and Will are dancing, we see Vivian's mom and Will's mom wink at each other because they set them up. Because oh my god, because that's what happened in the beginning in the of the beginning, film. Yeah. Her mom tried to get her to dance with this boy that they knew. Blah blah blah. Aww. Did a big setup. But that's what's so sweet. And another beautiful thing about this queer love happy ending is that like just because you're gay doesn't mean it's gonna change your entire life. Like it's just one of the many things that you are. Like your mom is still your mom, and mm-hmm. you still feel the way you do around each other. She's still gonna be overbearing. Yeah, she's still gonna be a little more into your life than maybe is exactly. normal. Exactly. <laughs> like it's like not everything in your life is gonna change, and and for the people in your life who are afraid that like the you coming out to them is going to just like absolutely ruin everything like it's not like they can all just move forward within the construct that their culture set for them just a little differently with a little bit of adaptation like it doesn't have to change anything for the worse in fact it seems to have made everyone more accepting overall yeah if if someone really loves you they will rise to the occasion and we see that 
after the scene, we get like a flash forward three months later and we see everyone together in Will's mother's new apartment and her mother's like super pregnant and little you is there. And we also see Vivian's parents remark that they don't understand Vivian's new show, but at least she's marrying a doctor. See, 100%. That's what parents would say. I know, that's what a parent <laughs> would say. And also, Vivian's back in New York. We're all so happy. And Will's grandfather is also there and he's looking forward to the the baby and Will's mother and Vivian are also getting along swimmingly, nagging at Will. And the movie ends with Will's mother asking her when they're going to have a baby. <laughs> a spit take. And she goes, <laughs> It's so good. So good. Oh, God damn. So cute. I love this fucking movie. I love this fucking I movie. I want to give this movie a hug. <laughs> Me too. It would smell good. This would be like the most delicious soup you've ever eaten. This would be like the coziest, like, Sherpa line jacket you've ever put on in your yeah. entire life. On to the reception. With a budget of $2.5 million, this film only grossed $1.2 million worldwide. Initial critical and audience response was mixed. Uh, but this film has stood the test of time and has cemented itself as a gay cinema staple. I'm actually not sure what critique you could give about this film. Like, truly and honestly, what critique would you give about this film? Not what I would give, but some critics had said that it was like wrapped up too quickly at the end. I'm sorry. We can't all have three-hour films, Christopher Nolan. I also Nolan. disagree because we have two flash-forward scenes that wrap up everything just how it needs to be. No, I t- No. 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 Could you give this film a single critique? Like, actually, no. We didn't see Vivian dance. <laughs> She, she must not be a very good dancer. <laughs> yeah, that's the only thing. Not enough dancing. I understand maybe why they would cut it, but I, I can't think of a single critique for this film. No, I really can't, like in all seriousness. I've had to leave so much out of this episode to get it underneath an hour. They did so much with the yeah. time that they had. It's actually mind-blowing. Can't recommend this film enough. And with that being said... Let's move on to the fucking scores. Fucking scores. So how the subtextual score works is we each get to rate the film on a scale of 1 to 10 for how gay it is and how good it is. We average all those numbers together to get a single subtextual score. Yes, we do. Lizzie, how gay is this film? I mean, gay sex. It's a 10. I would agree. I couldn't agree more. 10 out of 10. How good is this movie? Oh my God. It's so good. I would watch this again in a heartbeat. Like an eight and a half. Quit copying me before oh I say God. things. Well, get your own opinions. God. I'm giving it an eight and a half as well. <laughs> that is a subtextual score of a 9.3. Damn. That is very good. That has to be in our top 10. Oh, it is. Yes. It is our top five movie behind a three-way tie at four, Brokeback Mountain being John Malkovich and Jennifer's Body, and before Angels in America. Which are all gay, 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 gay. Oh, such a good, such a good movie. Such a good movie. So underrated. Probably one of my top 10 movies of the year. Top five movies of the year, honestly. Also, because every fucking word of dialogue is precious, there's one point where Will's mom says, like, I'm having the ladies over for Mahjong. Like, get back early just so you can say hi to them. And then, you know, Will spends the night at Vivian's for her birthday and Will gets back home to the apartment and her mom says, oh, you missed Mahjong. 
and Will says, like, bust somebody else's balls. Like, if you want to bust someone's balls, like, get a husband or something. Mm -hmm. And then we later learn that no one showed up to Mahjong. On purpose. Like, they're alienating her for being a pregnant out of wedlock. But it's, like, another correlation between Will, who's alienated and afraid to be herself because she doesn't want to be pushed out of her community for being gay, and seeing her mom being pushed out because she's pregnant. It's like... Her mom was making dumplings all day. They show her making dumplings all day and no one came to Mahjong. Like, literally, These that made bitches. me cry more than anything else in this uh, Those are the same bitches that walk off the dance floor at the end of the movie. Yeah. Fuck them. Fuck them. Fuck them. For real. Lizzie. Oh my God. It's the year of the mommy issues. <laughs> what can we say? Can we just... Maybe let's both... Can can I shake with you? Okay. Let's both at least try not to do a Mommy <laughs> Issues movie next. Okay, let me think forward to what I'm doing. I might be able to make that happen. <laughs> no promises, though. Can you just gender swap the movie? I just, every time I say Mommy, I have to drink. So I'm like, okay, you better say it, pre- you better use that word wisely. <laughs> Yeah, we. I'm. I'm sick. My therapist is tired. She's sick of me. <laughs> She's like, God, talk about your uncle or something for once. God, Jesus. Thank you guys for joining us to this movie, Lizzie. Let's go to Planet China. I guess. Let's. Oh, I would love to go to Planet China. Turn up at Planet China. Let's go. Let's fucking go. Thanks for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. If you'd like to keep this content ad-free, please consider supporting us at patreon.com slash subtextualpod. See you next week.